Welcome back to Middle-Aged Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm scared of icebergs. Oh, it's, it's behind this. We're done with them. <laughs> Iceberg Joel. is gone. I'm Joe. It melted. Unlike the Titanic, we went right around it. Yeah, we did. Because we're smarter than the big ship. Yep. That's and what I think most people know most about us. Yeah, is yeah. That our intelligence a little higher than a big ship's. And I would uh, I'd share the door with you in the ocean. Yeah. Why can't we both we just... We both fit. That's ridiculous. That's very ridiculous. <laughs> it's all, you know, just more class warfare. <laughs> that old lady just throws the diamond in the ocean at the end. Like, it. this is what you're looking for? <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> whole damn movie is about that fucking diamond. And then she's uh, like, fuck it. The hope diamond forever. What was I it don't called? want it. <laughs> Pay me like a fridge girl. Uh, whatever. That movie. That fucking movie. You have like four copies of it. Dude, movie, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easily. Which is eight tapes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got one copy sealed. Ooh. What's that go for? Titanic sealed? Pete Davidson, you out there listening? Why are we even wasting our time with this right Do now? Do you need I a sealed s- Titanic? I could sell it and just... Tape? Just, yeah, 5500 that motherfucker. Whoa. <laughs> I don't think that's going to make the sale. You're a terrible salesman. <laughs> He's like, this motherfucker right here. Maybe he's going to be like, you know what? I respect it. Yeah, that's, street. that's how you talk in the streets. Like, oh, motherfucker. I don't think you It's like a respect thing. I don't know. <laughs> you should do that. You're never in the streets. You don't know. No, no. I'm at home a lot in bed. You burrow a yeah. lot under the yeah. streets. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> You're a big burrower. I'm more of a burrower. Call you Joe Burrow. Yeah. That's how you hurt your wrist from digging in under. My wrist has been hurting lately. And not the one that I broke, which is oh. very weird. Yeah, huh. The other one has arthritis in it. I didn't know you broke a wrist. Yeah. Wrestling? Um, I was 11. Oh, so not wrestling, yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> Did you cry? Uh, Tell not, the truth! Not until uh, we were... I was with my dad helping him put shingles on this like little shed. Yeah. And I took something up to him. And then I, I forget how I fell. Like, you just step back like you forgot you were on no. a ladder. So you're like, all right, I'm done here. Just, I gotta get back to my toys. You no, know, like my foot slipped or something. And I fell and I tried to catch myself. Oh, uh, y'all put your hand down instinctively. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even realize it was broke. I just knew, like, it just. It felt I'm calling weird. OSHA. It felt weird. Yeah. It was, was like 37 years ago. Child labor. Child like, labor. I don't think you probably weren't hooked to the ladder properly. But, did like, you, I looked. Did you have eye, eyewear on to protect your eyes or I didn't anything? Have any of that shit. Oh, you were naked. Just. <laughs> I looked down. I'm like. Covered in grease. So my arm, you know, was going the normal way, but then my hand was over. Over that's like, pretty badass. It was like a jagged, yeah, you know. Yeah, and I was, and I remember just being like, "That doesn't look right," <laughs> but it still didn't hurt. Like it was just like numb. Yeah. Like, and my dad jumped down, and like you know, we he was taking me to the hospital. And it wasn't until I got to the hospital that all of a sudden I started crying. <laughs> like once I was in the hospital, I was like, "Oh my god, no! They're gonna leave me here!" Yeah. And then, then it was just a goddamn. The adrenaline probably wore off. And... Yeah. 
but then like the surgeon that is that what that scar's from yeah okay he fucking butchered my arm yeah and then there's like one so then they put pins in it and when i got to leave the hospital like i was uh at home that night and i was laying on the living room floor and i don't know if i was playing nintendo or if i was watching tv it was one or the other but i like moved my hand a certain yeah. way and i felt something and when i looked down there's another little scar here that's covered up by a tattoo now but when i looked down the pin that they, one of the pins they put in had popped through the skin yeah and so every time i moved the pin would just pop out a little bit further <laughs> so my mom took me back to the hospital and they just went in and took out all the pins oh so they were like okay i guess you don't need them <laughs> You got room. <laughs> yeah. Wolverine. My body was like, no, thank you. Yeah, I rejected it. We don't want these. Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, and now I have this giant. How do we get to talk about you breaking? Oh, yeah, because you burrow and Joe Burrow it's all about his me. wrist and yeah. football, man. That's, man. Where, that's where one of the pins came out. That's, that's where, where it came out right there. Oh, yeah, damn. Yeah. Yep, so. Your days of being quarterback are over. Oh, no, this is my left hand. Okay, so that is. If RG3 doesn't work out, then. Yeah, call. I mean. If the Browns need a quarterback, yeah. uh, I do not want you on the Browns. I can hand that ball off. Hell yeah. And I can throw. I mean, I got an arm on me. All right? yeah. My shoulder's bad now, so I probably can't really throw. As long as you can throw five to ten yards. Yeah. I think. Oh, I can the receivers dink do the rest. Dink, David, David Nadoku, he can. Yeah. That guy's, he's a man. Yeah. He's I'll a be, man. We'll be good. Yeah. All right. If you have the choice between That's me sports or talk. RG3 or Joe Flacco. Yeah. Oh, I'm Joe Flacco, dude. I'm the front runner. He was so bad for the Jets the last couple of years. Like we're working out Joe Flacco. It's like yeah. he, he won Super Bowls like twenty years ago. He's one of those game managers. Yeah, I don't like know. when you—that's what they always. That's like the big. That's the best. And then someone's like said Brady too. It's like I don't want Brady. Brady's not one of the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> they got a great defense, maybe an all-time defense. Yeah, their defense. That's why I like. But I, I just feel like Flacco, Brady, any of these guys are like either forty or over or close to forty. And I'm 44. Okay, I get it. I'm old as fuck. But it's like these guys are going to take one hit and they're done. Yeah, but Brady's like, because of all the, you know, things that millionaires can afford to get yeah. to keep their body going, he's like 20. All like the fetuses he's been eating and stuff. Well, yeah, the yeah. baby blood that he drinks. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still young. True. Okay. All right, Brady. <laughs> Come on over to the Browns. Whatever gets us to that Super Bowl. I definitely wouldn't put RG3 in there. Really? You take Flacco over RG3. Yeah, because I guess the, Flacco's played more recently. With the defense that the Browns have, I feel like Flacco. And they have decent receivers. They have Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and Nadoku. I mean, they have. I feel like, like Flacco could do a, a, a good uh, enough job. But we'll see what the rookie does tomorrow. Yeah, I bet the Browns win because I mean their defense isn't going to give up any points to Pittsburgh. Is the Pittsburgh's rookie, defense might score a touchdown? Maybe. Yeah, that's what happened the first game. Is this their defense scored like two touchdowns or something? Is the rookie the dude from Parkersburg? No, he's who's the from, NFL quarterback he, that's from Parkersburg? There's an NFL quarterback from Parkersburg. I thought so. There's like a tight end from Parkersburg that plays for like uh, went to Penn State, plays for uh, I, I believe Jacksonville. I thought there was uh No, no, there's a guy for the Bears that came out of West Virginia. That's but maybe. He's, I don't think he's Parkersburg, oh, though. Okay. He may have played against Parkersburg or something. But he's like a, uh, yeah, the, the 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 white guy for the Bears that's been playing. But Justin Fields coming back tomorrow. So here's a list of all NFL players born in West Virginia. Snore. Uh, just, let me see if there's anybody from Parkersburg. Which Parkersburg is where we're from, if you're wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a tight end, though. Gibby Welch played in 1928. Johnny Stevens, 1938. Lynn Barnum, so 1938. this isn't current. 
Walt Barnes, 1948. <laughs> uh, the most current is Tom Lopiensky. He was a fullback. He played in 2003-2004. The whoever maybe the guy wasn't born in West Virginia, but he played football PHS. And now he's like a, he just scored a, tie, a touchdown a couple games ago for like uh, Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah, there's yeah there's a, there's one dude right now, uh, Dante Stills. He's from Fairmont. And was from okay. So, anyways, that's sports talk. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Browns are going to go with the rookie. That's like that was sports talk. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So we like got Deshaun Watson. He breaks his shoulder, goes fourteen for fourteen in the second half, and they're like, "Hey, he's done for the year." Yeah. That's the Browns. They get your hopes up, and then they just dash him, and they kill you. Oh, I'm so glad. That's that. sports talk. It's not done so I'm crying. I'm so glad Deshaun Watson's hurt. Don't put that mojo out there, pal. So glad. Don't be so glad he's a person, man. He's an awful person. Because he got acquitted. If he was on any other team, you would would feel the same way. Well, that doesn't matter. He's on the Browns, okay? (laughs) And he was acquitted. Those are the facts. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, because the justice system's always right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, you keep saying. I will. Deshaun, if you're listening, buddy, heal up. Come back next year. We're waiting on you. Get hurt again. No. (laughs) You're going to hurt hurt yourself now because of that. That's fine. No, it's not. If that's what it takes, I'm willing to sacrifice. Turn this shit off. (laughs) Sports is over. It's all over. I'm done. All right. Well, so the story we got today. um, Someone gets hurt. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's not good. Uh... So this dude, I think if um, there were more answers about everything he had done, I'm pretty sure he would be up there with, like, Bundy, Gacy, uh, Dahmer. Uh, Al Bundy? Al Bundy, yeah. Okay. He scored four touchdowns in the game. Yes. It's all sports today, people! Well, uh, didn't, you, didn't you wonder why I had the black underneath my eyes? It's sports day. Yeah, you did show up. I'm wearing a helmet. Has, you don't even notice it or I, mention it? I thought it looked pretty normal. All sports all the time. I got 17 pucks in my pocket. What? Let's go! Is that what those are? <laughs> I just thought <laughs> oh, you were yeah. <laughs> There's another three somewhere else, but hey. <laughs> up my butt. Sports yeah. day! <laughs> uh, you got to quit sticking everything up there. <laughs> You're right. I'm not. You should see one, though. You see enough of them for your butt problems. So today we're going to talk about Israel Keys. Uh, like I said, uh, I think if like we knew everything about him. I don't want to talk current politics. Israel, all that stuff. I'm oh, I think about that. I'm, come on, man. Yeah, I don't know enough about it all. I don't. I definitely don't know the keys to it. Yeah. Well, we're luckily this is a guy's name. Okay. So, uh, you just want to get into it? Yeah. All right. So, do you have any more sports you want to talk about? Oh, I mean, we could talk about sports all day. Uh, <laughs> NBA season. They got. Have you seen the courts yet for that? Uh, I hate them. It's awful. I hate them. They're fucking. They're like just. It's I, dumb. I don't. Like I feel it. like it's something from the late nineties where they're trying to be extreme when like yeah. extreme was big and like everything was neon and like. I don't understand what the whole point of this is it's just they're trying because the season's so long and like mostly i mean i'm sorry but a lot of the games are meaningless until like the last you know i mean obviously wins matter toward at the end of yeah. the year but like it's just a, such a long season 
they're like, well, this will get us through the first half of it. You know, they'll have this in the All-Star game, and then things start to ramp, ramp up, ramp up, whatever. You get the trade deadline after the All-Star game, and, like, they're just trying to make these games matter a little more. And it's all just money. Whatever team wins, at, each player gets, like, a hot dog and a handshake so, or something. So, like, to fans, it doesn't matter at no, all. No, it's just different courts. Yeah. Yeah, because for... <laughs> well, like, it, uh, I'm sorry, but it's hard to even watch the basketball. I tried just... to watch one... Uh, Thursday night, Thursday night, yeah. I think it was. I tried to watch whatever game it was, and I couldn't. Just couldn't the courts are. They have different jerseys, different courts, yeah. and it's just like, or it's like we're the NBA, but cooler. I mean, just make, just schedule less games. Yeah. But I mean, that's going to cost you money. So God forbid you don't make, yeah. you know, they the need, extra billion. <laughs> they need more games. Yeah. But because that's one of the biggest issues is players nowadays sit so much. Yeah. That's why, like, I'll they never... have new rules this year for that too. Where like it's bananas. Sports talk. This yeah. is sports talk now. I'm gonna just keep bringing it back to sports. <laughs> <laughs> this is the episode you're gonna try to talk about shit. And I'm gonna just be like sports. <laughs> we got, we right. talk about how my how my sports betting's doing, which is uh, not great. It was going real well for a few weeks, uh, and then you know Joe Burrow got hurt, and yeah. that fucked me. Uh, Celtics lost last night. Erden didn't lose, but they didn't cover the spread. Oh, so they won. But Missed not the spread by, by a point and a half. That's why betting's stupid. Like, your team won, but you're upset right now. Yeah. Yeah. You should have known the Bengals were going to beat the Ravens. Ravens. No, were... no, I didn't need the Bengals to beat the oh, Ravens. Oh, okay. I needed Joe Burrow to throw two touchdown passes. Oh. Which was more than... And if you wouldn't have known about his risk going in, would you have made that bet? No. That's the controversy now. They're, exactly. they're uh, refunding some betters. Well... Because, like, the, the Bengals didn't report anything, and he shows up to the arena with, like, a cast on his wrist, and he yeah. gets hurt. Like, did you see that shit on the sideline where he tried to throw and just, like, couldn't even get, like, the ball just dribbled yeah. down? And Yeah, as soon as I saw that, like, I almost threw my phone. Sports! <laughs> but I gave uh, our buddy Dustin Alexander, I gave him a bet to make today that he asked me about, and it's looking real good. Oh, so yeah? I can give good betting advice. Good job. It just, you know. When it comes to you, you fuck yourself. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. We ready to talk about Israel Keys? Are we done with sports? I think we're done with sports. Has Israel Keys ever played sports? I don't sports? know if anybody's listening. <laughs> at this point. Okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, Israel Keys has not played sports. Uh, he was born in Richmond, Utah. Because Utah has a Richmond. Wow. Didn't know that. Nope. Uh, he was born on January 7th, 1978. Is there Richmond, Virginia, right? Yes, sir. Probably Richmond, Indiana. Probably Richmond in every state, really. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Probably Richmond like and a... Springfield are just right there just being dumb as hell. I don't, think those, are, I don't think those are Richmond, West Virginia. Well, you're wrong. Before That's we, where I was born. You know, before we split up. Oh, yeah. You're from Ohio. No, I was born in Camden Clark. Oh, I thought you were born in Ohio. I was born in Parkersburg. Oh, you moved to Ohio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. Are you writing a book? I don't. How about you leave that chapter out? I was writing Ooh, a book. Ooh, you burnt. But now I need to go back and make some edits because <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay enough attention. <laughs> so, right. Richmond, Utah. Uh, it's a small town of about two thousand people. Okay. Uh, most notable for its Pepperidge Farm factory that oh. produces goldfish crackers. Do you remember? What do I remember? I just ate some fucking yesterday at work. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Fuck, dude, I love goldfish. goldfish crackers, you know what I like to do? You get some peanut butter, get a spoonful of peanut butter, take a goldfish, dip it into oh, yeah. all the spoon of peanut butter. 
That's a good call. Yeah, let's just stop this and let's, eat let's go fucking, get some goldfish or you eat a peanut butter Miracle Whip sandwich and put goldfish well, in the middle. It's like they're swimming in the goodness. I don't know about Miracle. <laughs> the one person you still listening me. after you the sports is like, I'm out. Sports peanut butter Miracle Whip. I like to call it peanut butter in May. PB in May. Now replace the 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 Miracle Whip with some uh, some like uh, marshmallow fluff. Or more peanut butter. Or nah, more peanut butter. You can't do marshmallow fluff. Yeah. You can't call Miracle Whip mayo either. I know, but PB&J, PB&May. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's a PB Miracle. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So, uh, anyways, uh, it's also known for being quite uh, the Mormon uh, area. A lot of Man. Mormons there. Uh, a lot of the citizens go on to represent the Latter-day Saints Church. Uh, the cult classic movie Napoleon Dynamite even shot some scenes there. Really? Yeah. So Richmond. Uh, Gosh. It's been doing some things. Uh, unfortunately, though, it's <laughs> that was like 20 years ago. It's been doing some things. <laughs> unfortunately, it's also. Remember that scene where the farmer shot the cow with Napoleon Dynamite? That was Richmond. That was Richmond. Uh, so he was, you know, born to a Mormon family. He had a lot of sisters. Uh, he was one of ten children. A lot of moms. A lot of moms. <laughs> Which ones gave birth to me? They were in an incredibly religious household. Uh, he was homeschooled by his parents. Uh, you know, so. Basically, Jesus, homeschooled and heavily religious. Yeah, so you know how that probably went. You're, yeah, just there's an 85 percent chance you're gonna be a murderer. Say breeding ground for a serial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at some point in his youth, uh, Israel and his family re- his youth his youth uh, his family relocated from the small town of Richmond to an area just north of Colville, Washington. Uh, Eastern Washington it has a lot of small towns, most of which are separated by uh, dozens or hundreds of miles. Uh, so just a lot of nothing in between. Mm-hmm. Eastern Washington Washington has much more in common with uh, nearby states, Idaho or Montana, than it does Western Washington. So it was very similar to uh, where they you know had started out in Richmond, Utah. Yeah. So shortly after moving to this area of northeastern Washington State, the Keys family began attending a church known as the Ark, and now more commonly referred to as Our Place Fellowship. The Ark has become well known throughout the area for its racist viewpoints, which are driven not only by the white supremacy. Maybe not. Don't get known for that. Yeah, not a great thing to know for really. Uh, like, what's gonna be our hook? What's gonna what's gonna set us apart from all the other churches? You know what seems easy. <laughs> uh, you see how people different from us. They also. Uh, I embrace differences. I'm like, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's let's let's. The more we're different, the more we're the same. Josh, you read that in a book? <laughs> I just wrote it in my brain, <laughs> son. <laughs> Uh, the Ark uh, was just one of many Christian identity religious movements that uprooted in that area. Many followers of the Ark uh, believe that they are descendants of Anglo-Saxons and other Northern European groups, and that they are the true chosen people of God. I thought, who gives a fuck what uh, what your fucking forefathers did? So many people think they're the chosen people. Because of, of what fucking four generations removed did or some shit. Yeah, like, we're all just on a fucking marble, just... Spinning and flying through space. Exactly. Exactly. Come on. Your brain is just <laughs> writing things today. Over the years. Oh, did you hear about Snoop Dogg? Not smoking weed anymore. Yeah, so now I can finally say I smoke as much weed as Snoop Dogg. I, I, yeah. 
Huh? I don't know if he needs to smoke weed ever again. I think he smoked so much. And so- that's what the last comedy show. I was like, it's like you can't, you don't want to overcook a turkey. Like I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm cooked. They just, I'm a little bit burnt. I'm a little burnt. Yeah, there's enough. But th- like I got, I feel like I got to take it out of the oven before I was like. Yeah, there's enough THC in both you and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. It's like the stuffing that's in there. That yeah, just, it's gonna. There's enough. <laughs> it's gonna give it a flavor. Everything's gonna taste like turkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no get away from it. But good for Snoop Dogg. Uh, I think I, I thought it was funny. That <laughs> like, dude. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Sorry. That it said that he uh, after after consulting with his family. Oh yeah. Inside it, like, <laughs> how does? Like, <laughs> I was like, well, I'd respect your to privacy at this time. Like, someone died. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I know. Talk about it, okay? Yeah. Like it's a big, major loss in my life. I mean, that guy. I think I in the article I saw, he said he took like eighty some smoke breaks a day. Oh, I'd, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, just wasn't had... there something that came out? Because I remember this is where I first started saying this is like I want to be this rich. But like, he's one of the he was one of the first people I saw where he has like a guy that just, just a roll. That just rolls and keeps the shit yeah. at all times. He probably doesn't know the guy's name. He's like, hey, not. weed! And just hands him, like, he just hands him one at any point. I'm like, that's how rich I want to yeah. be. Yeah. That seems perfect. Yeah. Sorry, I, I went off on a tangent. That's that okay. wasn't even sports. But Snoop Dogg does coach sports. His uh, son plays college football, I do believe. Yeah. So it's kind of sports related. Snoop coaches? Yeah, he coaches like peewee football oh, and stuff. Okay. Because that's that who you sense. want to help shape your kids. Yeah, well. <laughs> Listen, when I'm not murdering motherfuckers, I like, Look, to, I like to tuck the ball in and give it ball support. That's the old why. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. The new Snoop Dogg chills with Martha Stewart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't yeah. smoke weed. Doesn't smoke weed. Shows up in commercials for like. I wonder if he's still going to like do edibles and stuff. That's what, yeah. Because <laughs> like, yeah. like, he's like just saying, I'm going to quit smoking. That's the workaround. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never say anything about edibles. Uh. So Israel Keys was unstable as a young man. Uh, he was excited by the idea of violence, and over time he became enamored with the idea of inflicting pain on others. He admitted later on in life that he would torture animals like cats for fun, and that he had his own. Uh, he had a ton of emotional and mental issues. Uh, but all of the theories about his origins can possibly be traced back to the murder of a 12-year-old girl just outside of Colville, Washington. The 12-year-old girl, Julie Harris, was a double amputee that had become a Special Olympics champion uh, living in Colville, uh, you know, right around the same time that the Keys family had moved there. Sometime in 1996, Julie Harris went missing, and many uh, suspected that she was a uh, runaway, according to reports from her mother's living boyfriend. So, maybe, so she must have lost her arms then. Uh, no, she had prosthetic legs. Oh, still ran away. Yeah, so they would later be found nearby uh, a riverbed, uh, which turned the investigation from her disappearance uh, from a possible runaway to, her, to a murder. Uh, while many have long suspected her mother's volatile boyfriend to be the main suspect, uh, it can't be overlooked that she was in such close proximity to Israel Keys. Wow. Uh, and it was around this time that Israel left Colville. So. Maybe, I, I mean, for the first does, victim, he somebody does, what he does yeah. and then he bounces. Yeah. Uh, so no one's really sure when he began exhibiting violent tendencies, though, uh, but he started to become very obsessed with serial killers. Uh, he, By his own admission, his idol was Ted Bundy. He admired Bundy's tenacity to kill and his desire to inflict pain on others. 
no one is sure w- when this violent admiration began, uh, but it did undoubtedly help uh, Israel Keys to create his own uh, MO for his crimes. When he was 17, he moved east for a short period of time. Uh, not sure if he moved there. Maybe he needed sports. I feel like if he, he would have been in sports, maybe that'd give him someone else to look up to. Yeah, it sounds like he needs to be. See, I was big team. in the sports, and I I like serial. I don't like serial killers, but I read about them. I'm not yeah, obsessed. I'm, in, I'm interested. I don't have a favorite. I don't have like. Yeah. A- <laughs> yeah, I find it very weird when people like idolize them yeah. or like like yeah. the whole like Jeffrey Dahmer with the Netflix thing that came yeah. out a couple years ago. Look, I'm very interested in yeah. Why they are the way they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, it's intriguing. Um, Such a fine line, though, between, like, Israel and you now, though, you know? Because he's obsessed, and you're just like, man, what made a guy do that? Right. And, like, you know, what... Are you are you suggesting... Are you making claims that I... No, I'm just saying that it's just weird how it's a thin line. You could, like, what if, what if you fell off that roof and no one gave a fuck, and then that just turned you where you're a killer? Like what, what? What? Like I bet there's like five life points that could have gone a different way for yeah. you, and then maybe you'd be out there, you know, strolling the streets at night looking for people to kill. And maybe they did, and maybe you're talking to a serial killer. Oh, right and now. I don't even. I think I would know. You probably know. I think you'd kill me if you were a serial killer. <laughs> I think a long no, no, time no, no, ago. You can't kill people, you know. That's true. The first one usually is someone you know, and yeah. after that, you have to. Yeah. I'm too lazy. Yeah, it's so oh, much work. Far man. Too Golly. After work, I just planning because you you want to plan so you don't get caught. Well, this dude, planned. <laughs> like Israel Keys, we'll get into. All it. Right, he, all right. he was a planner. You all nailed right. that. Uh, we well, have to be if you're going to be a successful killer. <laughs> so he moved to New York, or to eat to the east at some point. Uh, not sure if he moved there by himself or with his family. Uh, but he later stated that he lived in New York State for a few months in 97. Uh, he would later go on to own a large tract of land in upstate New York, just outside the town of Constable. Uh, not much is known on how he acquired this land, uh, but it does become relevant later on. At around the time he was 18, he moved again and entered, an, entered another part of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> he moved to an area in Oregon, uh, two hours east of Portland. Uh, the population where he moved, just a few hundred people. Oh, wow. Which would, be, which would be awesome, I yeah. think. Probably like $7 generals, though. Probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One's a hospital. Yeah. Like, Dollar General? You go to the hospital, Dollar General? <laughs> You're still dripping blood. I did. I sure did. Uh, Best prices in town. The only prices in town. So in the summer of either the summer of 97 or 98, a group of teenagers were intertubing along the nearby uh, Deschutes River in an area where temperatures often exceed 100 degrees during the summer. Uh, this, uh, at some time in the late afternoon and early evening of a late summer day, Israel Keys spotted these teenagers and took note. He patiently waited for one of the teenagers, a young girl between the ages of 15 and 18, to become separated from the group. According to his later testimony, Israel Keys abducted the lone girl, led her away from the rest of her group. He would go on to sexually assault her, uh, but he would eventually let her go, and then he made his getaway. That's just, that's like shit off the animal planet, where like they, when there's like a herd of like animals, they just look for like the one that's kind of lagging behind. That's just, yep. 
Uh, I'm a the He's a predator. The identity of the girl was never found. Uh, she never went. She never went to police. And this also may not even be a real thing that happened. Oh, this came from Israel. Keys. Okay. So maybe uh, he's just trying to puff himself up, trying to make him. Because obviously, if he's obsessed with serial killers, he probably wants. He probably wants us talking about wants, him right now. We're just doing what he wants, Josh. Well, is kinda he dead? Not. Okay. Kind of not. Okay. Um, f- say so, less, but also say more because I want to <laughs> know what happens. Okay. So say less, but say more. So there's a lot in this story that uh, is mostly based on what Israel Keys uh-huh. has told police. Yeah. Now, how much of it? Like, some... He's like, so there I was with my two-foot dick, and I was like, what am I going to do today? So some of it has been confirmed because things were found. Yeah, yeah. But not everything. Oh, okay. Um, so after he lived in Oregon. Josh just took a drink from his monster. Yes, if, I did. That was, that, that was that little break. After he left Oregon, <laughs> uh, he enlisted in the United States Army. Uh, during his time in the Army, he reached the rank of specialist. Uh, was given three different duty stations. Well, isn't that special? Fort Hood in Texas, uh, somewhere overseas in Egypt, and then Fort Lewis, located in western Washington. Uh, he spent a large part of his enlistment in Fort Lewis. Uh, one of the things that was noticeably dis- different about Keyes is that he never wanted the um, fame that his idol Ted Bundy received, the notoriety. Oh, okay. He never really wanted that. Uh most serial killers, you know, they want to try to gain, like, a reputation or whatever. They do it, like, they kind of long for... Sure. They, while they don't want to get caught, they also... Yeah, that's, that's why they interact with the police and try yeah. to just... He, however, shy... Like, he didn't want the spotlight. He didn't want to become associated with that for... He was in it just for the... Just for the... Yeah. Not for the... Not for the, the, the fame. There's a reason he didn't <laughs> want to be associated with it, uh, which we'll get to. For the love of the game is why he did it. <laughs> Uh, he claimed, so he says, uh, that he never did anything when he was enlisted. He, you know, he says he never murdered anybody. Hear that, Uncle Sam? But he claims that he would later go on to commit multiple crimes following his honorable discharge in 2001. Uh, again, though, never admitted to committing any crime while he was enlisted. Uh, following his discharge from the army, uh, he would move to Nia Bay, Nia Bay. A uh, small community right on the northwestern tip of Washington State. Uh, it's a small fishing community uh, right across the bay uh, from Vancouver Island, leaving it right at the border between the continental United States and Canada. Uh, it's mostly a predominant Native American population, so a, uh, a, a white dude would have stood out there. Uh, but he kind of really became a uh, good part of this community. He mm-hmm. was he worked as kind of like a landscaper, construction worker, a handyman. He just kind of, you know, had little odd jobs here and there. Uh, people that knew him there uh, never thought anything about him. Um, just thought that he was a dude that could fix just about anything. Kind of likable. Um, had a good sense of humor. You know, yeah. you get that a lot with people that turn out to be fucking monsters. Yep. Uh Soon after moving to Nea Bay, he found a girlfriend. Uh, he had, uh, and then he had a daughter shortly oh. after. So, uh, being a father, though, did not stop him from, you know, becoming what he would become. Sure. So, uh, but it would stop him from ever targeting children. He later would go on to make it a point to target victims that didn't have any children present. Uh, so he had like a, a killer with a heart of, you know, gold. he had like a code. Yeah. He's like, no kids. 
uh, you know, little Dexter code. So no children present, but like he didn't really, I don't, he didn't discern whether or not they had kids. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like, yeah, you don't want witnesses. <laughs> that that just kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you just try to make himself sound better. <laughs> like, I wouldn't kill anybody but like a kid was around. Keys would go on to admit murdering his first victim at some point between July and October of 2001. Uh, again, we don't know the identity or location of this victim. Uh, so motherfucking 9-11 happens, and this guy's like, it's time for me to... You know what I'm going to do? You either <laughs> yeah. get busy living or get busy killing or dying or something. Uh, Keys would admit to killing one victim in the second half of 2001, uh, but at the rest of the next few years are pretty much a mystery. Uh, even, I mean, the FBI has been trying to figure out what all this dude did. But, yeah. You know. Uh... But it's around this time that he became a serial offender. The full um, body investigators? Yes. Remember those shirts? I do. They oh, were, yeah. They were dumb. <laughs> they were so dumb. <laughs> and then there was like the federal, yeah, FBI. It was like the federal booby inspector. <laughs> oh, I was all on that other level. <laughs> it said booby. It said booby. <laughs> uh, it should have. It should have like. On the back, I should have said federal booby inspector, and then in the front, like on the on the left chest, where like you would have your badge logo yeah. thing, it should have been the, a calculator with eight thousand eighty five. Oh yeah, on it. boobs. You know what? We need to get in a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so sometime between Add that out, someone's gonna steal your idea. Yeah. <laughs> so sometime between two thousand one and two thousand five, uh, he killed a couple in Washington State, uh, but he refused to give any any details about that. Uh, not sure if it's a married couple, just a young couple. Uh, no idea. Uh, he just said that he killed them. Um, so, uh... Maybe there's no bodies to back this up, or, like, they're still trying to... Yeah, like, they're still trying to figure this out. Okay. Because, again, this is, a lot of this is just him talking. Yeah. Uh, he would give interviews to investigators once he had been arrested later on in, in life, uh, he would imply that this couple was buried in or nearby a valley. Investigators also surmised, based on his later crimes, that he had taken the car belonging to the couple and driven it a good distance away from the crime scene to separate the two and make their bodies, uh, you know, less likely to be recovered. Uh -huh. Keyes would go on to admit years later that his main way of finding victims was to let them come to him. He would f prefer to find them in public parks, campsites, hiking trail, uh, the, the kind of places that people just naturally go missing from. Uh, uh, 2005, 2006, he continued his killing spree, committing two more murders that were totally independent of one another. Uh, again, don't know the don't know the victims. Uh, he later confessed to both of these crimes to investigators, but wouldn't reveal the names or even the slightest hints of identity for either set of victims. Um, Keys would admit that he used his own boat to dispose of the victims, though. He would later admit where one of the bodies had been submerged deep beneath the surface of Crescent Lake right on the border of the, of the uh, Olympic National Park and just about an hour east of where he lived in Nea Bay. He uh, kind of implied that these bodies were submerged under hundreds of feet uh, of water, as deep as the lake itself can get. Uh, no bodies have ever been discovered there, though. Uh, we can't... Uh, so, you, again, you don't know if this is just him making shit up or not. Yeah. Um, in the first week of March 2007... Uh, he relocated. Maybe this is like him. That's how he gets off, just knowing that like no one knows where these bodies are, and that's like right. power to him. Yeah, because if he doesn't really want the notoriety, yeah, then 
Hopefully they catch them for, I mean, they, I mean, I know we're going to get to it, but like, what do they arrest them for then? <laughs> so, uh, he left Nea Bay and moved to Alaska. Uh, along the way, he made multiple stops in many towns along the Alaska Canadian highway. Most notably made stops in British Columbia and Yukon. Um, later we would learn that Keyes used every opportunity to his advantage. So he may have done some scouting or planning while visiting these towns. He eventually arrived in Anchorage on March 9th, over a week after beginning his move north. He began to establish a new home in, uh, in Anchorage. He established a business for himself named uh, Keys Construction. He used his talents as a tradesman to submit himself as a normal guy uh, in this you know, new location. In October, November of 2008, Keys traveled from Alaska to a handful of states, including North Dakota, Arizona, and Washington. <clears throat> Keys rented a car in Seattle on October 31st, 2008, a PT Cruiser, which is, you know, the choice of serial killers everywhere. Uh, on November 2nd, three days That after, would not draw people to him. <laughs> and if it did kill these people, like, that's a good-looking car! Can I take a look at that thing? <laughs> on November 2nd, three days after running a My car... My PT! You happy with yourself with that one? Oh, man. I'm never happy with myself. <laughs> so let's get that right out of the way. So three days after running a car in Seattle, he flew out of uh, out of Seattle and went to Boston, where he would stay for three days. Uh, Boston, Mass. One of the most terrifying, terrifying, terrifying aspects about him is that he planned his uh, actions months and years in advance. Uh, he would kind of, like, pick somebody mm-hmm. at random. Uh, and then begin planning on what he was going to do to them for, like, a year ahead of time. Uh, and a part of that is that he would uh, create what he would call murder kits. Uh, and these would include weapons, money, tools, uh, any other supplies needed to murder a victim and dispose of their body. And he would just murder, he would bury those in random locations uh-huh. around the United States. That he would then go, go back, back dig them up, them. yeah. For his kills. Uh, so, yeah, like, he would do a lot of fucking planning and scouting and, you know. Uh, so on a bit of- Just put all that energy towards something halfway good. <laughs> Not even, like, charitable yeah. or, like, but just something halfway good. Paint. Like, pay, yeah. paint something. Just, just anything. Just, uh, like, I'm going to find someone and give them the best goddamn gift they've ever had. <laughs> like, just pay it forward. So now in his early, or his 30s, he was single at this point, um, and he had basically dropped religion, claiming he was a devout atheist. Uh, Much like his idol, Ted Bundy, he began to abuse alcohol, uh, and he began to frequent prostitutes. Then he would, like, pour a little little bit, oh, is Ted Bundy dead? Yeah. Yeah. So he'd, like, pour a little bit out. He's like, this is for the dead homie, Ted. (laughs) Yes. Uh... So, in one life, he was the witty, loving father who worked hard in his day job, was a United States Army veteran, and who traveled the world. Uh, you know, he came from a large religious family, so that he kind of just had that, you know, made it look even better. Uh, but underneath that was a, uh, you know, just a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Um, Psychopath. Yeah. So, uh, he began to imagine a world where he inflicted pain on as many people as possible. Uh, and he didn't plan on seeing any ramifications for his action. Uh, his goal really was that he would go out in a, uh, gun battle, like a mm-hmm. gun fire 
blaze of glory. A blaze of glory. Because uh, he didn't want. Um, it's a good John Bon Jovi song from Young Guns too. In a blaze of glory. Maybe one of the best songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he kind of wanted that to happen, but the main reason he didn't want to get caught, he says, uh-huh. is or you know didn't want any recognition for what he did was because he didn't want any of his learn his living relatives, especially his daughter, to know who he truly was. So like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, no shit. Like, <laughs> I'd say most killers try Don't, to yeah, hide the fact that's... from their families. Um, so now we get to Deborah Feldman. Uh, she was approaching 50 years old, uh, not doing great. Uh, she was addicted to narcotics. Uh, her adult son, Matthew, was trying to help her, but she just wasn't really getting any better. She was addicted to heroin and coke. Amongst other Oof. drugs, uh, she lost custody of Matthew uh, when he was in his teenage years. Uh, she grew estranged from everyone in her life. Um, her son kept coming back trying to help her, though, and He's she, a boy. she wouldn't have it. So in their last conversation, Deborah had come to visit Matthew and demanded that he give up uh, uh, the $400 that he had just made uh, from his fast food, fast food job. Uh, she would go on to threaten her, threaten to kill herself if he didn't give her that money, and he refused. Uh, he actually offered her a knife, oh. calling her bluff on it. Uh, she put the knife down, withdrew the threat. Uh, then she broke down crying and told her son that she needed the money to help her from getting evicted. Uh, eventually, he gave in, gave her the money. So, uh, just and she said, "Ha ha, sucker." <laughs> Uh, this was in New Jersey. So just a couple days after him giving her the money, she disappeared. Um, since she did have so many, you know, issues with alcohol and drugs, uh, kind of people kind of thought not only was she probably on that, but she possibly was also like involved in prostitution. Sure. Um, so it really wasn't, um, you know, people didn't really think anything other than the fact that she some bad shit happened because of her mm-hmm. lifestyle. Uh, but uh, the FBI would later piece together uh, that Israel Keys had abducted a woman in, in New Jersey who he later transported over to upstate New York where she was murdered and buried. Uh, they don't believe that she was buried on his plot of land, but it's very likely that the body is buried somewhere nearby. Uh, so the FBI believes that the disappearance of Deborah Feldman uh, is because of Israel Keys. While being interrogated by the FBI, Keys was shown photos of many of the missing men and women from the states he had visited in the hopes that he would identify some just to bring the family some closure. He gestured no to most of the photos, but when he was shown a picture of Deborah Feldman, he paused. His response to the photo may be the only closure the family of Deborah will ever receive. Because he said, I'm not ready to talk about her. Mm. And then he refused to ever talk about her again. Uh, just a day after the disappearance of Deborah Feldman on April 10th, 2009, uh, Keyes began to expand his criminal activities, wearing a fake mustache, a fake goatee, sunglasses, and a, a Carhartt hoodie. He walked into a community bank with a handgun and demanded money. He got away with an undisclosed amount of money. And even though his picture was displayed across the local news uh, and the town of Tupper Lake where he did this was shut down or shut down all the roads leading in and out, he was never apprehended or identified. 
Nobody in the area recognized him since he was a complete outsider, and he hid out at a local campground until the heat had died down enough to make his getaway. Investigators would later find that this was just one of several bank robberies perpetrated by Israel Keys as a means of funding his constant uh, travels around the United States. Uh, Killing ain't cheap. <laughs> so a year passes, and uh, on July 9, 2010, Keys flew from Anchorage to Sacramento. He then traveled from Sacramento to Auburn, California, where he rented a vehicle, a black Ford Focus, and traveled close to 200 mi- 280 miles over the next few days. Uh, most likely, he was burying murder kits along the way possibly even committing uh, other crimes. In April or May of 2011, Keyes visited a park near Point Warrenzov, located nearby his home city of Anchorage. He had a rifle with him and fully intended to shoot at a couple he had spotted in the parking lot of the park. When a police officer showed up in the parking lot, Keyes set his sights then on the officer. He only refrained when a second officer was revealed to be there as well. And it was a child. <laughs> it, was, it was a cop and a half. It was Burt Reynolds' cop and a half. I was like, oh, shit, code. <laughs> uh, How old are you? I'm this many. <laughs> Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. You're in big trouble, mister. <laughs> Kid cops. Uh, I'm this many. <laughs> I'm getting this many too old for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) This poop. Uh, So just weeks later, he was stalking a nearby trail, uh, again, attending to abduct someone. He'd even improvised their murder kit this time with bottles of Drano and a shovel. Uh, What? I assume he was going to fucking, I don't know. Uh, he ended up coming em- up empty on both accounts. On June second, two thousand improvise. On June second, two thousand eleven, he flew out of Anchorage to uh, Chicago. Uh, he rented a car at Chicago and then drove to Vermont. During this trip, he took the battery out of a cell phone so that there would be no trace of his travels, and he paid his entire way in cash, uh, money he had saved up from his handyman business, and also the money he had left he had left over from the robberies he committed. Um. So years before he made this trip, uh, he had buried one of his murder kits in the woods outside of the house. The house belonged to Bill and Lorraine Courier, an older couple that was adored by everybody that knew them. They were longtime citizens of the area and had both been working their respective jobs for over 20 years. So when they both were absent from work the next morning, uh, it raised some concerns. They both lit up rooms whenever they entered. Just, you know. No one ever said a bad thing about them. <laughs> On the evening before June 8th, Keyes had broken into the house of Bill and Lorraine Courier and surprised the both of them. He had bound both of them, uh, abducted them using their own vehicle to do so. He drove the terrified couple to a nearby abandoned house where he led Bill into the basement. He kept Lorraine upstairs where he began to sexually assault her. Um, Bill began to struggle downstairs, trying to free himself uh, so he could rescue his wife. Unfortunately, Keys had come prepared for that, uh, utilizing the murder kit that he had buried years prior right outside the house. He shot and killed Bill Courier and then later strangled Lorraine to death. He took both of their bodies to the basement of the abandoned house where he covered them in trash bags. He then poured Drano all over the two, hoping that the bodies would seriously decompose. So maybe that's apparently that's what Drano huh. can do. Uh, he covered them up with as much debris as possible to hide them and then left. Uh... And then the bodies of Bill and Lorraine Courier were never found. 
because the abandoned the, the house had been abandoned because uh, that's where he took them to an abandoned house. Uh, it was later demolished, and yeah. the, the demolition crew noted that the basement smelled kind of like decomposition, but just the that's not our job though. We're just here to destroy the motherfucker. Uh, apparently, this area, uh, there's a lot of hunting that goes on there. Oh, yeah. So they just kind of assumed that whoever lived there before dressed were hunters. Dressed a deer there or something, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Not like dressed a deer. That means when you like take out their insides. Yeah. They, they weren't like putting funny costumes right, on right. the deer. The field dressing. Yeah, field dressing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's gross. Well, yeah. But what if they did put funny costumes on the deer? I mean, it's kind of sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the deer was into it. Oh, well, as long yeah. as the ears into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's dead, so how would it? Well. It's just going to be hard to dress a, a live deer. Uh, well, they're not going to agree to They're that. into it, though. Maybe. <laughs> All right, you got me there. All right. I can't 100% say that's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You get a docile deer, you know? So uh, the debris and the remains of the abandoned, ho- abandoned house were sent to a local landfill. I've seen some houses demolished. Yeah, they don't. They, they just... don't leave much. No, it's flat by that. Even yeah. the basement. I mean, they just everything just collapsed within itself, and they take off what they can, and the rest they just fucking flatten the earth, and it's gone. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> In the week following the murder of Bill and Lorraine Courier, uh, Keys traveled along the East Coast before returning to Chicago. In Chicago, he returned the rental car, and then flew to San Francisco. He stayed there one night before flying back to Anchorage. Uh, this had been a two-week trip, so the dude just like kind of. I mean, it's kind of smart. Just you're kind of travel like you're not traveling from point A to point B. You're kind yeah, of like all, yeah. going all over the goddamn place. Uh, he's not pissing where he lives. It was a year later that Israel where he Keys, eats. Is that what's called? Piss where you eat. Don't shit where you eat. Don't shit where you eat. Yeah. You can't pee where you eat. You can pee. You can piss wherever you want. Okay, yeah. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not eating. Well, you're gonna have to. <laughs> uh, it was less than a year later that Israel Keys would commit his most notorious act, uh, and he would go against his usual M.O., uh, and he would commit this act much closer to home. Mm. So, Samantha Koenig... He shot where he ate. He shot where he ate. God damn it, Israel. Good. We just said not to do Yeah, that. good, though, for him. I, I'm <laughs> glad he gets caught. So, Samantha Koenig was uh, 18 years old. Uh, she worked at a 18 local... and out the door We're doing just a lot of 80s. And sports. Hair metal and sports. <laughs> this is a dude show. Today. Hell yeah! Boobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> big trucks with balls hanging off. Yeah. Oh, the steak. Uh, if it ain't bloody, I don't want it. Uh, oh, guys, they're stupid. Uh, <laughs> You're so fucking dumb. So There's your grass on the field. Just, Play ball! Just still cavemen. Yeah. Just, just with a little bit more verbal, a little bit more verbal skills. Like, not much. And that's the bad part. They Just <laughs> enough to, like, grunt in, in sentences. Yeah. Uh. Uh, so, anyways, she worked at a coffee shop uh, as a barista. Uh, so, Israel Keys, uh, this was on February 1st. Um, and this would have been, what year would this have been? 2005. 2000, was it 2005? I don't know. We were in 2001 earlier. This where is years later. Get... So I'm just no, guessing. 2011 is oh, when he shit. flew to okay. where, he killed, where he supposedly killed the two older people. Okay, this is probably 2012 then. So, this is like, yeah, 2012-ish. <laughs> Uh, so where am I at here? Um, so she worked in that. Yeah, she's in working there. This barista. is this is like towards the end of the shift. It's the evening shift, uh, and there's surveillance footage of this. 
she's cleaning up, you know, just getting finished for the night. Uh, and then a man in a ski mask approaches uh, the coffee stand and asks Samantha to make him a coffee. Um, on the surveillance footage, you can see her begin to make the coffee. Uh, but when she goes to hand it to him, he reveals a gun. He orders her to give him the money from the coffee stand, and then he enters the stand, uh, zip ties her hands, and begins to lead her away from the coffee stand. He also, in the video, uh, as soon as he produces the gun, he tells her to turn off the lights, because uh, I'm sure he knew there was a yeah. camera. Uh-huh. And then he goes behind the behind the uh, counter. So uh, he tells her uh, that he's going to abduct her and extort her for ransom. Um, and she's like, hey, my family doesn't have money. Like, you're not going to get yeah. anything. Uh, and he's like, that's fine because, you know, your family's going to want her, want you back. So the community's going to come together and help raise money. Mm-hmm. It's like, your family doesn't have to be the ones to pay for this. We're going to get this money together, you and me. Um, <laughs> Teamwork. And he One, says, two, you know, just follow my instructions. This is what I'm, this is what I'm doing. So uh, while he's leading her to his truck, she tries to make a break for it. Uh, but he he catches up to her, tackles her, puts the gun to her head, and threatens to kill her um, if she ever try if she tries to do anything like that again. So then he gets her into his truck. Uh, then he goes back to the coffee stand to uh, get her cell phone. Um, he sent two text messages: one to her boss and the other one to her boyfriend, uh, stating, you know, hey, I had a really bad day at work today. I just need to get away for a few days. Uh, and then he. Uh, Removed the battery from it so it couldn't be traced, and then he took the phone with him. Uh, so he demands her debit card. Um, she tells him she doesn't have it on her. It's in the truck that she shares with her boyfriend. So Keys takes her to his home and then locks her up in an outdoor shed. Now, his girlfriend and daughter are in the house. Aww. So he takes Samantha, though, puts her in the outdoor shed, locks it. Uh, he turns the radio up inside the sh- in, inside the shed very loud so that uh, if she's screaming, it can't be heard by neighbors or, you know, his girlfriend. <laughs> he just hears the radio really loud. Uh, he threatens her multiple times, demanding to know where her debit card was and what the PIN number for it was. Uh, you know, she told him again, it's in the truck that me and my boyfriend share, uh, but she tells him what the PIN number is, so he leaves to go get the debit card. Uh, he finds the truck parked outside the house of Samantha and her boyfriend, uh, he attempts to break into it, uh, but the boyfriend, like, sees this happening and goes outside to uh, um, confront him. Uh, Keys escapes, um, and uh, the boyfriend runs back inside to call 911. While he's doing that, Keys runs back up to the truck and gets the debit card. Yoink. Yeah. So on the way back to his house, Keys stops, tests the debit card to make sure that she gave him the right PIN number. Uh, it, it was, he begins to take out her money and then he goes back home. Uh, then he proceeds to, uh, sexually assault her and, uh, strangles her to death. So she was dead just hours after being abducted. Um, but her family, friends, and others wouldn't know about this for months. So very next day, uh, keys departs for new Orleans. He left her in the shed um, Don't go in there. Uh, Keys had pre-purchased a cruise leaving from New Orleans, which would take him out of the States for the next couple of weeks. Uh, this was apparently something he would do on the regular. Um, 
He just has to get away sometimes. Yeah. Unwind, relax. Yeah. Uh, during this time, uh, the Samantha's family started to get like pretty desperate to figure out where the fuck she was. Uh, the only thing they had heard, you know, those two text messages, and then there was some dude trying to show up to the break boyfriend, into the yeah, truck. The boyfriend's house. Uh, so on February 17th, uh, Samantha's boyfriend receives a text message from Samantha's phone informing, her, informing him uh, that there was a ransom note at a nearby park. Uh, so hidden underneath a lost dog flyer, the ransom note was found by Anchorage police, and it was a demand for $30,000 $30, for the safe return of Samantha. And what about the dog? <laughs> On, I don't know. He, uh, I'm sure it was a good boy, though. Uh, On the opposite side of the ransom note was a photo of Samantha taken just a day or so beforehand, posed to look like she was still alive holding a newspaper. Keys had sewn her eyelids open. Jesus. To make her look alive, and then had the the newspaper in her like made it look like she was holding. Yeah, it is a creepy fucking photo. Oh, you've seen yeah. it. Yeah, oh. yeah. So you gotta show me after we're done. Um, so <laughs> I get super creepy. I'm like, I gotta see it. <laughs> so I mean, knowing that she's dead, yeah, like, it's yeah. just so fucked up. Um, so Samantha's father, James, um, you know, he so they think she's alive. Sure. That. So he begins pleading with the community to raise money, just like Israel would uh, assumed would happen. The community gets together immediately, and they get the money. Yeah. Uh, they deposit the money, and in the ransom note, it had said to deposit the money into Samantha's account. So they do that. he has a debit card yeah. with the pin. Um, at that point, Samantha had been dead for almost two weeks, uh, and Keyes was now ready to get rid of the evidence because he didn't need it anymore. Well, that's just monstrous. Just like, I mean... The killer is just awful. But yeah. then the fuck with the family and be like, oh, she's alive. Yeah. So he begins to dismember her body. Uh, he drives it out to the frozen uh, Matanuska Lake. Uh, he had cut holes in the surface of the lake to bury her body in piece by piece. Uh, police began to trace the withdrawals from Samantha's bank account to ATMs in Anchorage, Arizona, Texas, and New Mexico. Which this now involved got the FBI involved, yeah. along with the Texas Rangers. This is all hands on deck, uh, and they quickly found out that the person making the withdrawals was driving a white Ford Focus. So yeah, doesn't every ATM, especially, they didn't have cameras, cameras and stuff? And, yeah, like he, for a for a dude that seemingly is very good at planning and yeah. smart, and this was kind of this was a very dumb move. Like, yeah. Uh, so the way that he ends up getting caught is uh, just by chance he has an encounter with um, a couple of Texas Highway Patrolmen. Uh, they pulled him over. Um, uh, I forget why now. Like, I think it was he was speeding maybe. Yeah. It was something. Uh, but they, they, they're pretty sure it was him. So, like, they pulled him over. I think he was going three miles over the speed limit. Mm -hmm. So they pulled him over for speeding. Um but so they pull him over. They because they were looking for the white focus at this yeah, point. Yeah, and they're pretty sure that was him. So they they pull him over. They determine that that is who it is. So he is arrested. Um, so uh, in the trunk of the car, they found um, Samantha's cell phone. Ah, oh. and then uh, lock him up. Her debit card was in his wallet. Yeah. So. Uh, now, the police had the killer of Samantha Koenig, but they had, like, no idea who they had really arrested. Yeah. Like, you know. 
They weren't looking for him for anything else. It was uh, just Samantha. So now he's behind bars, and he starts, you know, doing an interview, like interrogation shit. And this is where he starts telling the federal investigators, the Bill and Lorraine Courier. Um, he just starts admitting to all of these crimes that he committed. Just wants more power. Yeah. Um, so he would go on to admit killing eight people. Um, many have theorized that the number is um, either way lower, like Samantha's maybe the only actual one, yeah, or that the number is fucking crazy higher, like yeah. one or the other. He's doing high, either doing half truths or just yeah, just just outright exaggerations. But he traveled so damn much, yeah, that it would almost make sense. Um, he admitted to at least to at least kill to at least one killing where the body was recovered. So, uh, and hinted the police might have ruled the death an accident. Investigators leaned towards the notion that Keys had murdered one of his victims and then started a house fire. But trying to find out exactly who this victim was without having a confession was pretty much impossible. Keys told investigator investigators that he buried his murder kits all over the United States. To date, a handful have been found, mm. but there's still tons out there probably. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, after months of interrogations and interviews with federal authorities, not much information has turned up on him, though, to actually back up a lot of his claims. On December 2nd, 2012, just months after being detained for the murder of Samantha Koenig, Israel Keys, uh, so he uh, was in an interrogation thing, you know, because he spent months just yeah. FBI talking to him. And he was pretty like out like there's the videos are all mine. You can watch, I'm sure he loves the attention. You can watch a lot of yeah. these, um, where he's just openly like the like the FBI guys are just kind of joking with him. Like, yeah, it's just casual conversations. Yeah, him. and he's just yeah I did this and I because I'm sure they're doing their part too where they want him to feel comfortable yeah. where he gives up more information. And if you're yelling at a guy and like God damn we know you but, yeah yeah so it's a dance. Uh, so like he's been very open. He stays very open and communicative. And then all of a sudden in one of the videos, like after like uh, you know an hour or so of talking to them, he just says, um, "That's all I feel like talking about for now." Um, I, like he says something about like, "I think I'm done talking for a while." Yeah. So it was only I believe two days later. Uh, from that, that he mur- he killed himself in his prison. Ah, what a motherfucker. Yeah. He had got a razor blade from a razor, uh, you know, taped it to uh-huh. a pencil, and slit his own throat, or slit his own wrist. Not only that, though, the dude tied a bed sheet around his neck and then brought his leg up, bent it up, and tied it, tied the bed sheet around his leg, and then, you know, then, then he slices his wrist. And he did this because he wanted to, as he bled out and got weaker and weaker and his legs started lowering, it Would choke him. choked him Jesus to make sure Christ. that he died. Yeah. Which is a hell of a way to go. Uh, <laughs> as long as it caused the most pain possible. That's, yeah. That's what matters. So, the, uh, so, yeah, he took everything, you know, basically to the grave with him. Um, he did leave behind a bloodstained suicide letter. It's online, but uh, it's very hard to read. Yeah. Um, like it's bloodstained, and it's just shitty writing. Uh, right after his death, the FBI sent out a plea to the public, begging anyone with any information to come forward and help them fill in the gaps of what they know. Uh, they released a handful of the interviews with Keys, most of which consist of Keys haggling with the investigators and dragging his feet in the mud. 
Uh, Keyes refused to give up much information of his crimes, so even the FBI doesn't know the true fate of his victims. He basically at one point tells them that he, like, early on in the investigations and stuff, he, he tells them that he'll tell them everything that they want to know, but they have to, on the basis that they promise that they won't make the details public because he doesn't want his daughter knowing the details. So... That didn't work out. Like, we can't do that. <laughs> uh, Keys, uh, his surviving family members, held a funeral for him in December of 2012. Uh, they didn't forgive him for any of his crimes. I piss all over that. They grave. actually damned him to a to eternal torment. Good. Uh, but yeah, so honestly, um, Israel Keys may have only killed Samantha Koenig. I feel like to do all that to her, that's definitely someone that's killed before. The like probably to cut her up and like the you know just to be blat like blatant enough to take her home. I feel like that's someone who's gotten away with that kind of stuff before and just very possibly maybe just got sloppy at the end. Maybe I don't. I bet he has killed other I'll people. Say, like my only my only uh, theory against that though is that for someone who supposedly, according to him. Spent, you know, he would spend a year planning things. Yeah, and why he, so? He planted murder kits all throughout the country, and he stalked victims. Yeah, and all this shit, and he seemed like a very smart guy, very intelligent guy. If he had done all of this, how would he fuck up so bad on this one? To have her cell phone and just driving around with her cell phone, debit card in the wallet, yeah. going to ATMs willy nilly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I do think it's very, it's and very. Wouldn't there be like some sort of evidence of him like stalking and something? You would think. I mean, for him to be able to get away with all of it for so long with nothing ever, you know, no other bodies being found connected to him. Yeah, he, and the moving around a lot would help with that for yeah, sure. Yeah, not all the not really being in one place for very long. So I don't know. Um, but just the fact that even if he didn't kill anyone else. The fucking horrible way he... Yeah. Th that girl was just 18, just working at a coffee shop. And then just, to fuck with the family like that, this picture where he set their fucking eyelids open. Yeah. God damn. So that's the story of Israel Keys. Like I said, if the shit that he says is true, if the, his claims are true, he should be considered one of the most notorious serial killers. Yeah. You know, out there, up there with Bundy and all those guys. If it's, if it's all bullshit... Because uh, if you idolize Bundy, you know, he's he could have just had this big theory in his head. That, I mean, and to him, he may have been this guy. Yeah. And traveled a lot. Obviously crazy. So, yeah, just this is stuff that he, all the traveling, had nothing but time to think. And, and then he finally actually together. tries yeah. to yeah. do a murder. He's and, a fucking idiot, so he gets caught. And, yeah. So, that's the story of Israel Fuck that Keys. guy. Either way. Let us know what you think. I wouldn't want him to quarterback the Browns. <laughs> yeah, you changed your tune on that one. Ooh, bring in RG3. Yeah, I guess compared to a serial killer, I'd rather have Deshaun Watson. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it! <laughs> uh, but yeah, let us know what you think. Do you, I mean, uh, do you think he killed more than just one person? Yeah. Or is he full of shit? Uh, but either way, he's dead. So that's good. That's good. It sucks though that we didn't get. We don't have more answers. Um, nothing worse than a fucking dude that murders people and then kills himself. Just yeah. a cowardly piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, we want answers. It's just 
you know, fucking... Give me back my son! Take responsibility for what you did, if you did it. Yeah. But that's uh, that's the story today, so... Uh, that's our story, and we're sticking to it. That could be like a new thing we say when we end episodes. Oh, it's, you know, revolutionary, yeah, I think. Yeah. That's the way the cookie crumbles. That's from something. That's from all kinds of things. It's not from anything in particular. <laughs> all right, well, you got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, TikTok, no. TikTok, YouTube, we're doing reviews. Yeah. Like all that stuff. Yeah, check out our TikTok. We'll have yeah. some more stuff. Uh, should be this weekend. Tell your friends about the podcast. Trick them into listening. Yes. Whatever. Tape them to a chair. Whatever you have play. to do. Whatever. Just don't kill anyone. Yeah. VHS are coming back. Or we'll be talking about you. Yeah. That's our story, and we're sticking to it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs>